Today's show is sponsored by Calamos Investments. Here's Anna DeVlantis with Your Money Matters. And for John Hansen, thanks for being with us here on WGN at 639. I hope your day went well. And we've got a great guest in studio here. John Campbell is the Chief Wealth Strategist at Calamos Wealth Management. And it is good to see you again, John. We had a great conversation last time you were here, so good to see you. Thank you, Anna. Thanks for having me again. One of the places we left off, and I want to pick up here, is like last time you were on, we talked about how people view retirement. And it's like this single continuum from... From the day I leave my job to the day I pass away. And you kind of look at this a little differently when you advise clients and when you just sort of look at that picture. Talk about that for us. Oh, that's great, Anna. Thanks for asking. Um, Yeah, there's a tendency when someone retires, call it age 65, to think, you know what? I've got the next 25, 30 years and it's just one continuum. And what they don't realize is that during that time, during that frame, there are so many different dynamic even in retirement. For instance, from age 65, perhaps to age 70, they're going to want to enjoy life, spend time with kids, lots of travel. There's going to be a lot of expenditure of their resources, what have you. But then beyond that, between the second phase, I'll call it between age 70 to maybe 80 or so, um, they're starting to peel back some of that. They've been there, they've done it, and now it's more about saving and having a comfortable and having a fruitful um, retirement where they're going after aspirational goals. And then beyond that, the next 10 years or so, um, they're really thinking about the next generation. Mm. So with that in mind, um, instead of investing monies, um, retirement assets as one continuum, i.e. at age 65, um, without really consideration for the longer period that may be behind that age 65, um, as an example, for men retiring at age um, 65, they've got a life expectancy of about 18 years. For women retiring at age 65, it's about 21 years. Um, so what that allows you to do is set money aside, emergency fund money, fund money, the stuff that you really need in phase one, the first bucket, to really have it accessible in terms of liquidity to asset, to do all of the things you enjoy. And what that also allows you to do is for bucket two and bucket three to have a longer-term perspective, a longer-term perspective that's not going to be swayed as much by current market volatility, Mm -hmm. the things that are going up, the things that are going down. And instead, you can invest with a long view. And we know that over time, um, equity is going to outperform um, um, fixed income investments, bonds. So you could take advantage of those things opportunistically. And then, of course, for that third bucket, um, it's even longer, greater opportunity to even invest in more realty, perhaps equity, the like, and the, and the sort. But it requires an intentionality so that you bucket those three areas that kind of reflect your lifestyle needs at that time, what you would have achieved, what you would have accomplished, and then do it in a way where you can actually create wealth even in a turbulent time because of that perspective in terms of bucketing it to achieve um, different um, 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 stages, if you will, stages into retirement. Stages of your life. Right. Yeah, so what, that 60-40 rule we hear, equities and bonds, do you believe in that? Or are you saying that maybe that's not quite right? It depends. It depends on the person. It depends on the individual. It also depends on individual needs. So for instance, if you're someone who needs a lot of cash flow, because again, maybe um, your savings are going to be a little bit more limited, the 60-40 may not get you quite the cash flow that you need. Maybe you may have to have more dividend producing, interest um, producing kind of uh, sources of income. You may find yourself um, perhaps instead of 60-40 with 60 in equity and 40 um, perhaps in fixed, you may find yourself perhaps maybe 30 um, or 40, just the opposite in equity, but the rest again in um, fixed instrument because it's generating cash flow for you. Um, This is why it's not one size fits all. It's so important to look at each individual situation, not only um, how much do they have saved, but how are they saving it and, and, and what's the characteristic? Equity, 
versus fixed in- instrument versus uh, other sources of retirement income from pensions and the like. And that all you, comes to the mix. How you want to live, too, exactly. I suppose. Yeah, I saw this headline, John. I really want to ask you about it because I don't know this worried me, okay? And I don't know if this worries you, but it, it's about um, young investors. Yes. And they're saying they're selling their stocks and using their retirement savings for other things. Some of them are emergencies. Some are other things because we live in an inflationary environment and maybe costs have gone up for them. Yeah. But I, what I always hear from, you know, smart people like you is that it's the time in the market and just investing a little bit when you're young can really pay off later. And so I, it just worried me to hear hear that. And, you know, what do you think? You're absolutely um, right, Anna. It's definitely the time in the market and not just market timing, right? That's so, so important. Um, but for the group that you're speaking of already, um, the challenge there is just savings. Mm-hmm. Um, the challenge is to have enough set aside so when something does come up, there's your emergency fund so you don't have to tap the better producing assets. You don't have to tap into your equity, nor do you have to tap into your retirement assets. Um, and that's the biggest challenge the discipline to just set a little bit aside from every paycheck. It doesn't have to be a lot, but over time, take advantage of time value of money to have that emergency fund that's there. Then that frees you up to explore other things, knowing that you can go for the longer term horizon. Most of the time, I think, where people have to tap into their retirement is because they don't have other sources of liquidity to cover off on the daily expenses or the things that go bump in the night type of expenses that may come up. You know, the one, let me just drill down on that data real quick before we, we pause for a second, but many young investors, they say, Say, according to this study, they're opting to take out their 401k, and sometimes what they're putting it into is buying real estate, starting a side gig, or building a business. I mean, maybe there are some circumstances where it does yes. make sense, it, do it, you it, think? I think so, but again, set aside the emergency fund. Amazingly, let's say you've got real estate, and so much wealth is created through real estate, but if you invest in real estate, but you don't have enough liquidity to cover off other emergencies that may come up, now you're forced to have to make other decisions, right? That may not be a advantageous, um, both short-term and especially um, longer-term. One other thing to the studies um, that's interesting are the number of people who are borrowing against their qualified plan um, in order to meet some of these expenses. Again, very problematic thing to do, especially if they never get repaid back. What you end up doing is not only owing it, but the amount that doesn't get repaid back, you have to pay taxes as ordinary income, and sometimes you also pay that 10% penalty um, fee if you're under age 59 and a half. So they need to really think about um, their options, but sometimes you have to create your own opportunity. And part of that is start first with the discipline, set up your emergency fund, next source of liquidity, and then after that, invest. All right, John, you have some amazing things to tell us about retirement relocations. We hear about this all the time, about people saying, you know, I'm going to leave this state and I'm going to go somewhere else uh, because of the tax situation or because I think it's better for me financially. And, you know, you've got some data you're going to present for us in just a second. You say... Okay, any listeners out there who's thinking, who's thinking right now, in retirement, I think, you know what, I'm going to leave Illinois, I'm going to go to another state, you know, better taxes maybe. People contemplate this, and you hear about it. It's, it's something that's talked about. And, and you're saying, you know what, be careful. There's a lot you need to look at here before you, you make that leap financially. You're absolutely um, right, Anna. When you think about Illinois, you think about Chicago, look, it's no surprise there's some significant taxes, property taxes, and even sales tax and the like. Um, but the tendency to have a knee-jerk reaction and to think, well, let's just go to another state. It's going to be better. Um, it may be better, but I think the takeaway here is that at least give some consideration, peel back the layers, and give some considerations um, to 
um, other taxes that might come into play. It's not just the property taxes. It's not just the sales tax. Um, there may be other taxes um, um, in terms of uh, that could impact and erode your um, ability to um, have a good quality of living in those particular states. So, for instance, I use this as an example. Um, we had um, one individual we were working with um, at a, a partner at a significant law firm, um, did very, very well, was thinking of moving from Chicago to um, uh, um, Arizona, and um, all ready to go. And initially, the reason for going is just to save on taxes. But what they didn't realize is that in Arizona, uh, while they may not tax Social Security, um, they give a certain exemption amount, only about $2,500 of exemption as it relates to qualified plan distributions and IRAs and retirement plan distributions. And it happened to be that in that individual's case, most of their retirement assets were in retirement fund assets. Illinois, on the other hand, does not tax not only Social Security, does not tax um, um, qualified um, distributions from qualified plans, nor distributions from an IRA. So it's very, very important to take a look at what are the kind of assets that you have? What kind of sources of income does it generate? Is it coming from a qualified source or an IRA source? Or is it coming from coming from a separate taxable type of account? Because that comes into, into the mix. So what if you have a pension? Common here in Illinois, we have a, a lot of uh, public pension, yes. um, very strong public pension system. If you're planning on retiring on that, is that something that we might be surprised when we go to other states Absolutely. that they're taxing it? Absolutely. There are only 14 states, 12 to 14 states. A couple of the um, states are really considering not taxing any retirement assets. The other states, they'll give an exemption, whether I use as another example, um, the state of Colorado is another destination state. Interestingly, Arizona and Colorado, they're considered among the top 10 most tax-friendly states. And mm-hmm. yet, you got to peel back the, la- the, the layers of the onion and see really what's underneath there. So if you've got mostly pension, all the more reason you're going to want to take a look at those states that do not tax any aspect or does not tax most of the distributions from your retirement assets in qualified plans and IRA distributions as well as pensions. I wonder if people have all thought through that. That's a very interesting point. Interesting article too here, John. There is uh, Florida's retirees are fleeing in some in some to some level. Fleeing may be a strong word, but they're certainly uh, are leaving now. And they say the reason is because of the housing prices. In five years, median home values have gone from two hundred fifty thousand to four hundred thousand in five years, and then you've got taxes on that, I suppose, but then some other factors, too. I mean, this is a, this is another one that sort of strikes me as strange, as strange at first, but there's more to it, right? There's a more to it. Absolutely. When you speak to most folks, when you, they think about destination places, Florida is always at the top of the For list. Sure. Um, and what they find out, and as your article point to, is that once they move there, well, maybe things aren't quite as um, as um, robust and, um, and friendly as they thought. So for instance, uh, with the influx of baby boomers retiring in Florida, the pricing uh, for housing market is just going through the roof. Associated with that are going to be property taxes that might also attend the increase in the, in the underlying properties themselves. And what a lot of folks are finding is that even in Florida, um, premium that you pay for insuring your assets, insuring your homes because of tornadoes, because of hurricanes, because of lightning, because of all of the other things that might go um, wrong, potentially beyond your control. Um, that is also making it a lot more um, difficult to remain in Florida. But there's something else that a lot of individuals may not be thinking about. As we think about retirement, age 65 and longer, there's going to be an increasing need for medical care, mm. um, for medical um, access to medical resources. And many of the listeners may be surprised to hear that in Florida, when it comes to medical care, they actually rank 39th 
in the nation. Now, according to one of their own internal sources, it's called the Florida Trend, which is the leading business authority um, in Florida. They ranked Florida a couple of years ago at 48. This is their own internal folks ranking it at 48. So reason is that with the influx of people coming in and the infrastructure issue that's creating um, congestions, what have, but also medical care that's impacted, a lot of folks are realizing, you know what, maybe, maybe Florida was an interest, but maybe I was better off. In contrast, Illinois is ranked number 11 when it comes to medical care. Whoa. So these are the kind of things that when we think about being very intentional, thoughtful, peeling back the layers, these are the opportunities to kind of stress test our assumptions and really see at the end of the day, do we really want to be where we're thinking about going to? Yeah, I mean, that's food for thought, not what I expected, really. And so it's very interesting to bring that up. One of the other things I want to make sure we get to before we close here, just people pulling back maybe a little on retirement. We're seeing the data on that right now with... um you know, costs going up and maybe not having as much as you might have wanted. And then also watching kind of those investments maybe not, you know, take off like they did. And, you know, just any kind of over big picture stuff you can tell us about that, John, what you might advise clients. Yeah, no, um, so many um, individuals, um, especially approaching retirement, um, they have um, find themselves either out of work, thought they, that they could retire in early, but realized they've got to come back to work. And maybe the kind of work that they were um, doing that generated the kind of income that they were generating before is just not available um, anymore. Um, I think this is the time you take kind of inventory. You take inventory of your needs and make the distinction between your needs, mm-hmm. your wants, and your wishes. And when you think about it from that perspective, let's make sure that the needs are covered off, off on. And let's also make sure that in covering off the needs, you have that emergency fund to cover off on that. But in terms of the wants and the wishes, you may have to scale back back. You may have to think about that part-time work, whereas before you weren't working before. You know, so there are a couple of things that might come into play. Um, it may be downsizing the house that you have, the property tax associated with that, the upkeep and everything else associated with that. Mm-hmm. It may require a recalibration of um, how we um, maybe were thinking lifestyle would be like, but this is the time to sometimes take a hard look at that and work with a qualified advisor to help you navigate through that process. All good stuff, John. And it's so good to see you. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank, Thank you very much.